Welcome to the Decode Fintech Podcast brought to you by Paystack. I'm your host, Khadija, product lead at Paystack. The Decode Fintech Podcast is where people building Africa's financial infrastructure share what they're seeing on the front lines. It's everything from what's working to what's not and what's coming up next. In each episode, an operator shares insights on how they're handling everything from product development to marketing in some of the world's fastest changing business environments. Paga is one of a handful of the non-bank companies that have succeeded in building a truly mainstream financial product in Nigeria. Over 11 million Nigerians use Paga's mobile wallet to send and receive money as well as pay their bills. In 2018, the Nigeria Interbank Settlement System, NIBS, recognized Paga with an award for being the top mobile money operator by transaction count for the third year in a row. Paga recently celebrated their 10-year anniversary and in this episode, Taya tells us the story of how his team built a B2C African fintech success over the course of a decade. Now, let's head over to Taya. Hi, Taya. Hey, Kedja. How are you doing? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for agreeing to be on this. Uh, we're excited to have you on. Okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't say no to you. You guys are, you guys are special. Uh, one of his favorite people, just yes. for the record. I heart pay sack. <laughs> so I guess my first question is just like, what is Paga, you know, I've heard mobile money, mobile wallet, payments, but like, how would you describe Paga as an entity? Paga is a mobile payment company. We exist to solve two problems. One is make it simple for people to pay and get paid. Mm. Um, and the other is to access financial services. So at the core of Paga is a wallet um, that you can link your bank accounts to, or you can save your cards, and you can also have cash in the wallet. So for people who are banked, Paga is a companion to their bank accounts. So like I'm banked with three banks and I have all of them linked into my Paga wallet. Mm -hmm. So when I want to transact, I choose where I want to transact from. Or I can also leave cash in Paga. For people who are unbanked, they access financial services through us because we have a network of agents who are like mom and pop shops, pharmacies, grocery stores across markets we operate. So in Nigeria, we have about almost 19,000 of these agents. Wow. And you can go in there and access various financial services. Hmm. That's very interesting. And how long has Paga been in existence for? So Paga has actually been in existence since April of 2009. Oh, wow. Um, but we commercial operations to the market started in August of 2012. Okay. So it took us a while to get our license in Nigeria. Um, and then after we got the license in November of 2011, we then had to raise funds to be able to go um, really commercially to the, to the market. I see. So would you be celebrating 10 years next year or in 2022? Next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming right up. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me dial it back a little. Sure. What inspired you to start this Paga journey? Yeah. So actually, um, I remember very well in... I moved back to Nigeria in 2008, um, and within six months of my first job, I joined a private equity firm. I was, I was uh, a bit tired of it um, for different reasons we won't go into, and I decided to leave and to do something entrepreneurial. So I looked at a variety of ideas, but what really struck me about this one um, is still one of the things that motivates me today is that why is it so difficult for me to pay, right? And then I realized that, you know, I was carrying cash everywhere with me, and I realized that my problem was actually worse for most people because they were not even banked or even if they were banked, they were underbanked. Uh, and so that really inspired me to, and, 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 and it was 
thinking about it that, you know, and it's not just a Nigeria problem, it's a global problem. So across the world, we estimate there are about 2 billion people that find it difficult to transfer or leverage money. Um, and there are about 1.7 billion people who are unbanked, underbanked. Half of those being it's coming from seven countries, Nigeria being one of them. So that really inspired me to go after this problem. Saying, how do we solve? This is a massive problem that could have really big impact in our communities. Um, and how do we make it simple for people to access and use money? Hmm. That's very, very interesting. Um, I was thinking we're going to throw in there, maybe there was a day when you were stuck in the middle of the road and you needed to buy food <laughs> and you didn't have any money you know, with you. And you were like, oh my were, God, if I had a wallet, I would yeah, be able to buy There were a few epiphanies <laughs> I had. There was a date I went on um, that I think I've told the story a few times. Like, there was a date I went on um, and I tried paying with my card. First POS didn't work. Second POS didn't work. Wow. Third one didn't work. Uh, and then I had to leave her there and literally go, I, I think it, it was the third ATM that oh, wow. worked. Right. Um, and the irony of this, by the way, is that this restaurant is a stone's throw from a certain office of a company that controls ATMs <laughs> on cards in Nigeria. And it still didn't work. <laughs> anyway, it's nothing to do with them. It's more the banking system. Yeah. Um, and it was just funny. They, you know, and they really hit me that there's got to be a better way, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. I have a phone signal. And so that was why one of the key tenets of Paga is that we are independent of mobile operators, mm. right? Because my MTN may not be working today, my Glow may not be working, exactly. but my, Air, my Airtel is working, right? Or my Nine Mobile is working. Yeah. You can use your Paga account on any mobile network, and the same account can have up to five phone numbers tied to it. So if you're like me, that you have a phone number on three networks, they're all coming from the same pot of money, right? So that was part of one of the original tenants for us. And so making sure that it is accessible, you have signal, because it's really about connectivity, mm. that you have internet connectivity to your money any way you want. Whenever you, know, you need it. Whenever you need it. It's very interesting. It's really everywhere you go. <laughs> Isn't that... No comments. <laughs> Okay, um, you you up some interesting stats. I got the one about having nineteen thousand agents. Was mm. it? Um, so just like, I would love to hear more. Like, what yeah. metrics do you measure in, when when we think about scale? Like, yeah. in terms of users or agent base? Like, yeah. what are those critical numbers that you look out for? Well, so I think the first one for us is is actually the reach of the agents because the agents are the, the bedrock of how exactly. we reach consumers, mm -hmm. um, and so. You know, we now have about 19,000 agents. Um, our goal is to more than double that next year. Wow. Um, and, and then, you know, continue building out from that. And we're actually partnering with the central bank around that program to do so. The other key metric for me is the number of people we've touched, right? The number of unique users <clears throat> on Paga. Um, and I think today, worst case tomorrow, we'll hit 11 million users oh, wow. um, on Paga. And to me, that's just fantastic because I know we hit 9 million August 8th, which happened to be my 10th year, you know, anniversary of when wow. I moved back. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so it's awesome to say like between August 8th and December, December 6th, we are another 2 million, two million, two million people have wow. been touched by our platform. And when I hear their stories and I hear stories of people and how Paga has helped them, right, um, just simplify the things in their lives, like that's really like 
gets me smiling, right? I like this is the key, you know. So that comes down to the usage and seeing the volumes growing, seeing the value growing, and seeing people actually using this platform and it making life possible for people. Like because it's really about it's not about the payment, right? So if I'm buying something from you, it's not the payment. It's I want to get that thing that at the time that I need it. Yeah. So it's about how do we make that simple and how do we make that efficient for people. If if you think about the reach of your agents and like how many you've been able to get so far, um, curious as to the thoughts that goes into recruiting agents. Like, do you look out for a specific kind of person, or um, are you are you more you know deliberate about the location that they're in? Like, how how do you yeah. manage agent recruitment? Really, it's all secret sauce. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> right, so they are because I mean, the truth is like there are a lot of companies that are trying to do the same thing. Right. That is true. And so um, for us, you know, recruiting and managing that network is a key capability that we have built and we have learned the hard way of how we do it. But of course, we are very thoughtful about how we do it mm-hmm. and where we go and the, and the kinds of people we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And we've learned a lot over the years, right, um, of what makes a good agent. I see. Yep. Um, but essentially, all the agents mm-hmm. that you recruit have access to the entire Paga bouquet of services. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> Correct. So that's helpful to know. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. so I know that um, a large portion of driving a consumer business is really about the, around, about the brand. Correct. You know. Yeah. Um, how do you, I don't know, maybe this is also part of the secret sauce, but I'm very, really curious as to the overall marketing strategy. Like, yep. how do you think about brand promotions? Or just yeah. like driving top of mind awareness amongst yeah. your target customers. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess the, the first thing I'll say is that um, you can't fake a brand, right? There's no way to fake it. You, you, you know, the brand starts with the people, right? And, and the way you live the brand, who you are, etc. So I actually say to people, if you look at our logo, it's all in lowercase, it's a reflection of who we are. We are very down-to-earth people. Like, we don't wear a suit, right? You never see anybody in a tie in this place, right? Um, and, you know, I've seen companies where they say, oh, you know, we're going to become more techie, so we're not going to start wearing T-shirts, you know? But it's not, you know, the fact that you just changed. So if you're someone who wears a suit, right, and then you just change to a T-shirt, it doesn't make you... A different person. It doesn't make you the same person, you know? Uh, no matter the color of that T-shirt, you know? Um, so... I think it's first of all about sort of internally who being true to your brand and true to yourselves of who you are, how you, 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 you engage yourselves, and then how you then project that to the market. And from the beginning, it was very clear to me that our business is a consumer brand, right? So the first thing I actually spent money on when I started this business was the brand, yeah. right? The first thing I went through a lot of long process on was developing that logo and the brand essence, right, um, of this. And, um, and working with, the, you know, my close friends around me then who were helping me think about the business and a designer around this. Um, and, you know, we could actually do a session on showing, I, I, I'll have to get permission to even show the um, examples of logos we went through, right, wow. of sort of like, and the reasons, and everyone had a different rationale, right, and before we eventually Set agreed on what it one. is now. And what it is now has a lot of... Uh, context and meaning for also what we are doing. You know, if you notice, I've talked about the lowercase, but our mark is a circle because we are building an ecosystem. So we look at that, it's a community. 
And then within that community, there are different types of actors. So we have different sizes of circles, and there are also different colors in, the, uh, in, in it, right? So it's just also to show that we're a very open ecosystem, right? And we're a very accepting ecosystem, and we want people from anywhere to be part of this thing, right? Um, and so that's sort of what we project as well in who we are and how we sort of build out our business and it's an everyday work. And then on top of that, it's just communicating um, to the market, engaging the market. We have a really strong comms team that just sort of continues to drive that communication, a marketing team that drives that um, through the agents, directly to customers um, as well. You know, so actually last year was the first time we did um, an independent survey um, to understand the, um, how our brand is known in Nigeria. Um, and it was actually sponsored by one of our investors. So this was, they went to go do it on their own. Um, and we're very happy to hear back that 42% of Nigerians know Paga, right? Um, and 70% of those people on first ask got exactly what we did right. Um, so that was very strong and powerful. So I was like, big kudos to the marketing team um, for consistency in driving, in driving the brand awareness. That is very impressive. Um, especially around the thoughts that went into creating this brand. I'm going to take you up on the offer to just see (laughs) (laughs) what that journey looked like and hopefully share it with um, the audience as well. Hello, this is Khadija. Let's take a quick break because I'd like to share a bit about what we do at Paystack. Paystack helps businesses build powerful and scalable financial services with ease. One of those businesses is PiggyVest. PiggyVest makes it easy for you to save, invest, and manage your finances. Whether you're saving up for a professional exam, a date with Bay, or a vacation in Zanzibar, PiggyVest makes it super easy. They even let you earn interest on your savings. If the name sounds familiar, it's probably because you've known them in the past as PiggyBank. The brand has evolved into PiggyVest to represent the wider array of services that they now offer. Over 200,000 users and counting save over 1 billion naira monthly with PiggyVest. To find out more, visit paystack.com slash piggyvest. Once again, that's paystack.com slash piggyvest. Alrighty, now let's head back to our guest. Just still on marketing Paga, Mm. um, I presume that the messages are tailored towards the specific um, user persona that represents the ideal Paga customer. Mm. Um, So I wanted to get some insights on like, what's the makeup of um, I get your, your user base currently in mm. terms of demography or like who, who do you consider the ideal Paga customer and like what, is, what does that person look like? Okay, so I can share with you our personas specifically, but of course you, you have assumed right that we do have personas and we actually have more than one persona. So when we are internally, and I think maybe that's more the lesson to people, is that when we are internally talking about our marketing, we know who we're targeting for a specific offering or specific product and we have personas to, to drive to match that. And we've done a lot of research to come to those personas. Um, that said, Paga is for everybody, right? Um, Aliko uses Paga, right? <laughs> like, so God bless Elijah. Oh, him, wow. Right? But he uses Paga. Like right? for real? For real, right? So okay. he, but he uses it in a different perspective that you're probably <laughs> thinking, but he uses Paga, right? So it's awesome. It's for everybody. It's like your phone, right? So everybody makes phone calls. So everybody can use this thing. Um, and, and that's actually one thing that we, we continue to work on to make sure people realize, right? So, and I think that message has been coming out more now that we came out with our new apps in, at the end of August, right? Initially focused on, on P2P money transfers. 
Um, but now anybody with an iPhone, with an Android phone, can download the app and can add their bank accounts, can add their cards very quickly, very easily, and can start sending money to people and transacting, right? Um, and similarly, we also launched our 242 hash across all networks. So any, even if you don't have a smartphone, you can dial star 242 hash on any network and access Pago. We're going to take you up on that just to describe mm. a, a specific scenario on how I would use um, the USSD channel to access the Paga server. This is just specifically because a lot of yeah. people have postulated that USSD is the future. Mm. Um, so just to get a generic use case of how people would use USSD to access Paga services. I don't know if I'll say USSD is the future. Um, we can spend some time talking about that. Um, but it's the current, for sure. Um, so basically, the way it's very straightforward. So if you dial star 242 hash um, and you don't have a Paga account, we actually recognize that. And we immediately welcome you to Paga and ask you to uh, register. Um, in a few clicks, you're registered on Paga. And then you have access to our entire menu of services. You can send money to anyone using their phone number or email for free. You can send money to any bank account. You can pay utilities on your bills. You can buy airtime or data um, directly from, from Star 242 Hash. Now, to fund the wallet, you go to a Paga agent to fund your wallet. Or the Paga wallet actually has a new number. So you can transfer money from any bank in Nigeria into the Paga wallet. Um, and you can then do your transactions that way. That's, that's helpful to know. From a product development perspective, mm. or I guess the evolution yeah. of Paga, yeah. um, where do you see this headed in the near future? Like, how do you see the service offerings evolving over time? Yeah. So it will, it will continue to evolve, right? Um, you know, fundamentally from two perspectives. One is, you know, I believe that the problem that we're solving, or the problems we're solving, are problems that will exist beyond all of us, right? And the solution just keeps changing, right? What the solution is. So on one perspective, we'll continue to evolve what the actual channels and the solutions are, but we'll also in evolve the services delivered. So for example, we in the near future look to launch a savings product, right? And we look to offer loans and those kinds of services to our customers, more financial services. Insurance products, we're very public about talking about these things because we think um, these are large opportunities and our ecosystem presents the room to offer this. And But we would do it in partnership with banks, right, which is the approach that we that we want to take. Um, so so these are some of the things that for sure we will be launching and bringing out. Another thing I'm very excited about that we would um, have a big launch on next year is really what we call our, you know, quote-unquote open wallet or Paga Connect that enables the Paga wallet to be subsumed in any third-party application. So now, and for developers, I think this is the awesome thing because I think if you look at the tech ecosystem in Nigeria over the last few years, a lot of people have probably spent more money than they need to spend building wallets and trying to make a wallet useful, right? But it takes a lot to really get a useful wallet for people and to convince people around. So what we say is, we need to build out a ton of use cases. We can't do those ourselves. But we want to enable an ecosystem of people to be able to focus on whatever business they want to do and to build out their use cases and not worry about the wallet side and just use our wallet. Mm -hmm. So our wallet plugs into, into any app. And so this is pretty much ready to go. There are a few examples already who are using it. 
Um, so we recently did a partnership with Orange Mall. So if you download the Orange Mall app from your app store, um, Android or iOS, um, it has embedded the Paga wallet inside of it. So you can now shop from over 200 stores in the UK and US and you pay directly from your Paga wallet. So they didn't have to worry about building the wallet technology. From scratch. Right, from scratch. Oh, that's right. interesting. You've been in the payment space long enough to witness several iterations, several companies, sure. several business models. Sure. Um, what's the most surprising trend hmm. uh, that you witnessed? Hmm. So I think... I th- I don't know if it's a trend, but I think there is, um, I think what I sort of notice is that people discount the challenge of building a business because I have access to technology. So what do I mean? Um, So, and I think there's more and more access to that technology for various things that's being put out there. And so it's very easy for people to think, oh, why don't I build my payment gateway, right? I found another payment gateway last week that competes with Paystack, <laughs> by the way. I'd never heard of it. Um, I don't remember the name, right? Like, it's a Paystack. But oh, wow. I actually tried it out. They had a demo on their side. I tried it out, um, you know, and I'm like, wow, like, you know, so fine. You can get the technology to build something, but they're losing, you know, they not enough is given thought is given to how would we scale this to become a full business Hmm. um and how many gateways do we need in this market right like and sort of but not just the gateway business there's a ton of other places right where you see this i mean in the agent business there's so many different people i hear of who are doing agent who have come out with a pos who've come out with this who've come out with that and um and to me, that's like a lot of resources. And even the wallet conversation I had with you, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of resources being spent in, the, in what I think are not the right places. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think that's a bit unfortunate because Nigeria still has a lot of problems that entrepreneurs can go solve that, um, that I'm not seeing. Um, and, and, and then on the flip side of it, a lot of tech entrepreneurs take a lot of the you know, the shine, so to speak, right? Versus the entrepreneurs who are going after some of these, you know, everyday things, right? Um, Including us, right? In some way, I put myself in that. Um, And so I wish there was more focus given to companies that are actually solving everyday problems uh, for for people. Mm. It's helpful to know. I do agree with you in the sense that um, there's a lot of people focused on some groundwork that is not as visible, but ultimately enables more technology solutions to thrive, I I would say. Yeah. For sure. So from, from, again, from a roadmap or expansion Mm. perspective, Mm. um, are all 19,000 agents in Nigeria? Yes. Okay. So do you have any plans to scale that across the continent? No. (laughs) Oh, Okay. (laughs) Um, so our, our plans are not to scale across Africa. Um, we are rather taking an approach where the problems we're looking to solve exists all over the world. Um, and our approach is to look at large countries where these problems exist and where we have an opportunity to operate. Um, and as such, you know, that's not a go across Africa strategy. Um, for us, it's a, we're going to pick very specific countries um, and go and go there. It was interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody. I just came back from a trip to Southeast Asia 
Um, and I was having a conversation with um, a friend of mine who runs one of the large payment companies actually in Indonesia. Um, and he was, was sharing about his experience um, trying to go to other Southeast Asian countries. And he said to, to me, you know, one of the challenges is that, you know, when he's in a meeting in another country, say Vietnam or somewhere, you know, they now start speaking in Vietnamese in front of him and he doesn't understand. So he feels outside the lurch, you know, that even that is an issue when you think about expanding to other countries. And when I left there, I was reflecting on it and I said, wow, that has not crossed my mind as a barrier for me, right? And because my experience in Nigeria is exactly that already, right? I don't speak, I only speak Yoruba. So when I'm talking to people in, in the north, they're speaking Hausa in front of me. I don't understand. You know, my wife speaks, you know, uh, ethic. I don't understand a word, you know. So now her cousin is staying with us for a little while and they're speaking in Africa in front of me. I don't know what they're saying. You know, they're cursing me. I don't know. You know, <laughs> so this is already my experience in Nigeria. So I haven't even considered that as an issue. Right. Um, and, and Africa, truth be told, I mean, there's a lot being to be said for the trade agreements and all that kind of stuff that people are trying to do. There's very little trade between African countries. Um, so even if you take an Africa-wide strategy on any, almost any business, I think, in the payment space at least, it is an Africa-wide strategy on a country-to-country basis, right? Where I'm looking at this country and saying, what is my market in that country? It's not necessarily because there's a trade between two countries. And there may be some little trade between them, but I don't know that's significant. I, that's it. I might be wrong. <laughs> I, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's really not. I think I've seen some numbers that indicate that the um, percentage of... Okay, well, actually, this was speaking more to formal Africa trade yeah. as opposed to informal trade sure. where, oh, you're going to Ghana, buy me kente when you're coming back right. as opposed to I'm a kente seller Correct. and I'm selling to people Correct. in Nigeria. Yeah. Last question from me. When you look back at this journey and everything that Paga has been able to achieve, what are those things that you are most proud of? Um, and this is coming from a perspective of if you had the chance to do it all over again, you would do the exact same thing to achieve the exact same results. Well, there's a number of things. Um, <clears throat> one of them is actually, was actually, you know, at the time I really struggled with the decision um, for us to build this platform ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in hindsight, it's, I think, one of the best decisions we've ever made. Um, but it was a really tough, tough decision. Um, so I'm really proud of the platform we've built and the fact that I know that we have built a platform that is architected and can um, stand shoulder to shoulder with anything built anywhere else in the world. Um, and we've gotten external validation from people who have spent time really diving into the code, into the structure, into the architecture. So I'm really proud of that, actually. Um, I'm also really proud of the team and what um, <clears throat> the way people have really taken to the vision um, and the purpose that we're trying to achieve um, at a very personal, individual level um, to really pour their hearts and soul into, into this business. I mean, we now have a significant number of people who are more than five years at the company. There are wow. about 280 of us. Wow. Um, and so, so for me, that's like, awesome yeah to see that um yeah and then and then just sort of the so i think the way we've gone about our team building our team 
um, the way we do things internally. Um, you know, I, there's always I, I'm, a, I'm an engineer by, by by training, so I always think that every system can always be improved. So there's always room for improvement. But I'm very I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of sort of you know what we've built and and that knock on wood, ten years we've never missed a day of payroll um, or a month of payroll. Uh, yeah, so I'm very proud about that. Wow, that's super exciting. Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess um, that's that's everything for me for now. For now, <laughs> um, thank you so much. No, it's absolute pleasure. This. Yeah, this was very exciting for me. Nice. Um, and hopefully, we'll get to talk some more soon. No, anytime. And just like, pay attention to the papers. We'll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it on social media with the hashtag DecodeFintech. I'll be keeping an eye out on that hashtag and responding to the most interesting comments and questions. To find out about new episodes, please subscribe to the Decode Fintech email newsletter. Every week, we share a tightly curated debrief of the most important fintech news from around the continent, along with jobs, events, and so much more. To subscribe, kindly visit decodefintech.com. Once again, that's decodefintech.com. Decode Fintech is brought to you by Paystack, the company that helps Africa's most successful fintechs build powerful and scalable financial service products with the industry's best documented APIs. Please visit paystack.com fintech to find out more. I'm your host, Khadija. See you on the next episode and thank you for listening.